0: So let me jump into this uh, kingdom assignment as we've been talking about what's the clues to our kingdom assignment. How are we going to discover it? First of all, realize your assignment is your purpose or your destiny, and destiny is not about where you're going to arrive at. Destiny, derek in the Hebrew, means roadway or pathway. It has a beginning. It has an ending. So really, your destiny is about your journey, and every one of us are on a journey. And what we got to realize, we always need God on that journey. Does anybody believe that this morning? And what you also got to realize, there's nothing that's going to come up in your life that he doesn't have um, an answer for, and that even if you don't realize you know what to do or you will get through, it's inside you, but it takes other people assigned to you that you're connected with to help bring that out of you. Oh, that's good. Last week, I talked to you about Jeremiah. I'm not going to get into that again. I'll I'll, I'll chapter 1, about verses 4 through 6 or something like that. And it talked about how he was formed in his mother's womb, right, that God knew him and designed him uh, before he was ever in his mother's womb and called him a prophet. What did he do? He already created him for his assignment. Uh, Hebrews 11.3 says that God, uh, what God do? he created the world's, Out of his words through faith, he framed the worlds, the actual word is, he framed the worlds through his word and faith. The word framed means to fit, finish, and fashion. So God created uh, the worlds in a way that are fit, finished, and fashioned for your assignment. That's why everyone in here, your assignment is significant because someone is assigned to receive from your assignment you will determine people's eternal destiny. You do. And you will even more. You determine those things. Did I just go off? I just came on. Praise God. So you determine those things. And what I want you to understand is don't take what you've been going through lightly because the pain you've been through is the ministry that you have today. I said the pain you've been through is the ministry you have today. And, And people look at Dr. Hager, David Hager, and Pam, and you just look at him like, they've never had an issue in their life. You know, if, if he told you his testimony, you'd just fall over of what he's been through, and her as well, and and he knows what pain is. That's why he has such, I, I wish I had the compassion. Well, I don't know that I wish it, because that means i got to go through a lot more pain, so I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of like you. Sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, I admire... <laughs> the ministry God has on his life because it comes out of the pain he's been through, right? And I, you know, sometimes you just got to remember two ways you, two people talking, right? Yeah. How you talk to others and how you talk to yourself. Sometimes you just need to like uh, demote yourself because you might get a reward you wasn't asking for. But I admire him, and I've never called on him in any situation or time where he isn't right there dropping whatever he can to minister to someone that's broken, that's hurting, that's addicted, that's going through uh, horrible things. He he is the guy. Why? Because he's been through it. And I want you to realize, every one of you, like Brandon back there and, and these guys with the ministry they have, and so many of you, your ministry comes from your pain. Your ministry comes not only from your pain, it comes from good stuff too and experiences, but the really deep work is done. The really deep work is done is when you've had to navigate uh, things that uh, disappointment and hurts and things that are unfair, when you navigate those things, that's what matures you. You can have knowledge without wisdom. You can't really have wisdom without maturity. There's no such thing. But to have wisdom, you got to first have knowledge. That means to know about something. That doesn't mean you might know about it, but you haven't experienced it. Wisdom is when you've experienced it or been so close, it's like you experienced it, right? So when you have knowledge and wisdom, now what does that do? When you're really walking in wisdom is when you're walking in maturity. And in the kingdom of God, when I'm walking in wisdom and I'm walking in maturity, it means I'm not walking on my path, but his path. I'm not walking on my plan, I'm walking on his plan. I'm not walking in my purpose, I'm walking in his purpose. So we talked about that last week. There's a few other things that I'm going to get into a scripture here that that give us clues to our assignment. Number one, we talked about what that God speaks to us. And when we look at our assignment, remember, you do not produce your destiny, you only discover it. Right? Right? So you don't create your destiny, you discover it. You don't produce your destiny, you're just here to fulfill it. You're here to walk out the plan that God fit, finished, and fashioned the world around you for, and he created you in his image, imago, and likeness to do so. The other thing is that once we realize that the most important person speaking to me is me, that really determines how I'm going to walk this life out. That really determines uh, how I'm going to relate to myself and relate to others. Because if you're a self-punisher, you're going to punish others. But, if, but if, you, if you love grace, you love mercy, you love hope and all that, then that's what you're going to give to others. And, you know, when someone just sits back and judges, I just can't believe there, this going on in their life or that. If, if someone's standing there that's been through that or dealing with that, they're not going to feel the same way you are. Because you don't have any wisdom because you're not mature. That's right. Look at the person next to you and say, Got to be talking to you. I know I'm mature, right? <laughs> so, Where's Marshall at? Or not Marshall, but where's, well, that's, Mar- that's your brother-in-law. Can't be talking about that. <laughs> where's Charlton at? There you go. So, so wisdom is what? Wisdom is when I walk in maturity. And I talk to myself in a mature way through the Word of God, through the plan of God, and love myself the way God loves me. Now, a few other quick ones I want to give you, and then I'm going to get into a little thought for you this morning. And that is, another clue to your assignment is what do you love? What do you love? Because there are certain things you love. You may not love the work or the commitment it takes, but you love. You know, you, you love, you know, reaching out to certain people. You, you love doing things for God, it's not even work for you, right? It's just something, man, you just, it's joy to you. I mean, I know, like, for me, if every job in this world paid $10 an hour, whether you're a doctor, an engineer, a factory worker, whatever, you know, whatever, a nurse or or a ditch digger or whatever, I would still be doing what I'm doing right now because I love what I'm doing. I love my assignment. Now, there's times I want to quit like you, But I can't because every time I try, God won't let me. Gertrude, you mean the preachers wanting to quit? Oh, you only, oh, I've quit so many times driving on this parking lot, you don't even know. (laughs) Amen. But by the time I get to my office door, I've already started repenting. Because you know what? Pressure's not fun, guys. And, And you're gonna find out what you really love. You know, we look at Tom Brady, you know, here he is getting, turning 44, throwing the ball better. He's, you know, all these things he's doing as a quarterback. But, but everyone talks about his work ethic and his passion. Let me tell you something. You can work to get something or to attain something. that only take you so far. That'll put you ahead of the guy behind you or the gal behind you. But, but, but to do it at an elite level, to be the best of the best and put the work in, it's because you love it. It's because you love it and you don't want that missing in your life. And that's what God, he wants us to love helping people. He wants us to love winning people. He wants us to love serving people. So what you love has to do with your assignment. That's going to be a clue to you, right? Another thing that's going to be a clue to your assignment is what makes you angry. Because the Bible says you can be angry, just repent before, the, don't angry and don't sin, and make sure you repent if you do before the sun sets. So, so what angers you? What gets you frustrated? What gets you, man, if you see someone taking advantage of it, just, tears you up because you've got an assignment to bring healing to those people. Or when you see someone land and, and, and their body's being ravaged by cancer and it brings anger to you, well, that means God wants you to release healing to that person. So whatever it is, you know, that you see someone abused and you're just, oh, it just makes you upset and angers you. It's like, you know, you probably, you know we talked about stories with me before, especially when Pastor Chuck was here and, you know, there was this guy getting ready to hit his wife or something out in the parking lot and I stepped in. <laughs> you know but but why because it angers me because i don't want to see a woman taking advantage of I, I don't want i i was raised by a widower you know and i understand how vulnerable even if a woman's wrong she still doesn't she's not gonna get whooped in my presence or me and her get whooped together i guess because we're gonna fight <laughs> say my preacher fight. heck yeah didn't it say fight the good fight of faith my faith is i'm gonna win so i'm gonna fight right no. You, you, you got to be a fighter. You, do you know that over 80% of preach pastors don't just leave the minister, don't just leave pastoring by the age of 50, they quit ministry altogether. Wow. If you're not a fighter, you're not going to make it in ministry. Right. If you're not a fighter, your marriage won't make it. Nobody's marriage is easy. Everybody's, you got to fight for your marriage. If, if you want to be in a loving relationship with your kids and, 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 and be connected with them, you got to fight for that. It doesn't just happen. You gotta, there's things you got to fight for. That's part of your assignment. So when there's something that angers you, pay attention to it and, and, and realize that God can use that. Now, you don't do it out of anger. It's just a sign to you that's an area or a thing that you need to target with your faith in your life and see where God takes you. The other one is what grieves you? What breaks your heart? You know, what saddens you? Whenever you think about that, you know, you think about Moses here he was, you know, sitting at the top of the mountain, right? He was, uh, you know, here he was floating down the river as a child. And then all of a sudden, he's taken in by Pharaoh's sister. And now he's living the life in the palace and royalty. But he was still a Jew. And his brothers and sisters were in bondage. And what he do? He saw one of his brothers being beaten. He gets off and he gets in a fight and kills a man trying to protect his brothers. Now, it angered him to see his, his brothers uh, 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 abused, right? And hurt like that. So then what he had to do? He had to go off into the desert. He was 40 when that happened. Then he had to go off into the desert for 40 years to be a nobody. So he was a somebody. Then he had to go to the desert to be a nobody for 40 years. And then God took a somebody who had to be a no, become a nobody. And, and for the next, it took 80 years. And then he brought what the children of Israel out. It took him 80 years to take a somebody to a nobody to again make them a nobody so God could use them. So never measure your success by what other people think about you, and definitely don't measure your success because of what you think about you. Why? Because if I think so much so highly of myself, I'm gonna be in pride. And the Bible said pride comes before a fall, and I don't like falling. Or low self-esteem, or you don't have the faith to do what you need to do for God. That's why we put our faith, our hope, and all that in God and allow him to work through our lives. Can anybody say amen to that? Now, let me give you a few nuggets here about assignment. Those are pretty obvious things to you. But let me give you a few things here about assignment. I got to name my Bible. She's, she's in rough shape or he's in rough shape. I don't know which one. I guess it's going to be neutral. It's in a rough shape. <laughs> gotta be gender neutral. It's the inside joke. I must feel frisky this morning, huh? (laughs) Hallelujah. Steph's like, oh, help us, Jesus. She's like, I gotta go home with this guy. Turn with me to, uh, turn me to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. And what I want you to realize about your assignment, uh, whenever we're walking out our assignment, whenever we're living out our assignment, it involves locations, it involves people, it involves relationships, and all this. So let me take you through a few things here, in in uh, chapter two here of Second Kings. So it came to pass when it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah so into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And then Elisha said, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for, he, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now, remember, Elisha was serving uh, Elijah toward the end of his life all those years. And remember his prayer, I want a double portion, right? So he's serving Elijah. Elijah, he's pouring water on his hands. He's being faithful. He's being honoring. And what I want you to realize, whenever you're going through your assignment, God always has people assigned to your life. And he has you assigned to people's life. So it doesn't mean those people always want you around, but you got to be around because God assigns you to them, right? And there was times, I mean, Elijah could be an old grumpy guy, right? He didn't even want He just come over and the Lord said, okay, I got your answer. He was by the juniper tree ready to die. Like, take me, Lord, take me because, you know, What's her name? Jezebel was out to kill him. And I'm like, dude, he just brought fire down, rained around, and it hadn't rained in three and a half years, and killed all the false prophets, and you are worried about Jezebel. You know why? He was tired. He was wore down, and he was alone by himself. It's dangerous to be, like Stephanie said. I know the person you talked about that. The first banana from the bunch gets, gets peeled, right? And, and it's so critical that we realize our assignment is not alone. Right. right? Jesus wasn't alone. He had his disciples, right? So as we look at that, it says they went to heaven by a whirlwind da, 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 from Gilgal. Now, Gilgal means the place of cutting away flesh, the place of cutting away flesh. So God will always, whenever you're going to have a clue to your assignment, you can realize that sometimes you've got to be assigned to people you don't even like hanging out with, but that's your assignment. The other thing God realizes, those people are going to help cut flesh away from you. What's that mean? It, it's going to cut some things off of your personality, off of your life that maybe you thought were okay. But you've got to realize a clue to your assignment is when you start having pain in your flesh, when you get convicted about things that used to not bother you, right? When, when, when you get challenged in areas that you thought you were perfectly fine in. What is that? That beats your flesh, right? Paul said, I have to beat my flesh down daily. What is it? That's a cutting away of the flesh. So you can always tell, you know, we always look at, you know, like that O. H. H. he song, you know, why is everybody always picking on me, right? And, and, and we look at that it, nice no, Charlie Brown song, right? Why is everybody always picking on me? And, and we feel bad for ourselves. Well, first of all, I told you to stop thinking about yourself, right? right? Because you're usually wrong. And don't ask anybody else. They'll probably be wrong too. Just ask God. God will tell you. But, but we gotta realize is that, that a lot of times we, we look at a flesh situation and I can't believe they lied on me and I can't believe that they said that about me. Well, that's where character comes from. Character, that word means to shape, to, 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 to fashion something. Like David was talking about, stronger metal with weaker metal or steel or whatever. So what I want you to realize, the cutting away of the flesh is getting away things that you care about out of the way so you can begin to see the clues that God has for your assignment. Everybody say, cut the flesh. So, so it says uh, we're going to go from there to Bethel. Now, what's interesting, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But, everybody say but. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives. In other words, dude, I'm in this with you for life, remember? You, you know, you come by my farm. I'm a successful young businessman. You know, handling my oxes out in the field, and doing my thing, and you threw your daggone mantle over me, and God called me, and I had to burn my ox stuff and give my ox and cut them up and feed people. And here I am following you, you crazy prophet. So you're not getting out of this without me. If you're alive and breathing, dude, I'm gonna be on your heels, is what he was saying. But isn't it interesting? Going to Bethel means you know, house of God, or place of outpouring. It, he was taking them to another place of outpouring. When you start getting the flesh cut away, God's ready to reveal himself in a more powerful way and give a greater outpouring on your life to do your assignment. But here's something interesting that God always does. He always gives you a way out. He always gives you an opportunity. He tries to convince you, don't do it. <laughs> because he knows it's going to be painful for you. He's not trying to convince you. He wants you to realize you have the opportunity to say No. Just like I told you the story about Parker a week or two ago about, you know, with his calling, how he patiently waited on it. He didn't let other people push him into it. He really, and and you you know, I wasn't going to mess with it because I know how painful it can be to be in ministry, right? right? You know, and you take it, raising your family is 100, you raise a church up and your family in that church is 10,000 times the pressure and the pain. But it's good because you're assigned to handle it, right? So, so I know that if I just tell Parker, yeah, you're called, I agree, buddy, you're anointed, what happens then? Then daddy called him, and his friends called him. When the pressure comes, will he remain? So he had to, he had to make that decision for himself. God always gives you an out. Say, God gives me an out. But the out is not in your best interest. The out is the test whether you're mature or not. He, he, there's things you're probably doing now. That you started and quit, started and quit, and, and, and now you have in it, and you've been doing it a long time successful. You guys, is really disciplined about your finances and tithing and all that, right? Or, or it could be relationships, or it could be a ministry that God's called you to. It could be a career. You know, God said, do it, and you'd start and quit, start and quit, and then finally you stuck it out. What's that mean? God gives you an opportunity to quit anytime you want to. You can say, uncle, anytime you want to. It's up to you. But see, God has something greater for you on the other side of that cutting away of your flesh and the in-between time. You see, we, we talk about that, the in-between times when Jesus did a lot, a lot of his greatest ministries was on his way to the next place, right? He was raised the dead, healing the sick, on the way to wherever he was going. And I want you to realize the in-between times in your life are more significant than the pivotal times because the in-between time is when you can quit. Think about when Jesus said, you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everybody left but the 12, and they're like, where are we going to go? We're marked with you now. We can't go. They probably would have left. Some of them probably would have left, but they they couldn't. Everybody knew who they were. So so they hung in there with him, and it worked out for him. God will always give you an opportunity to quit along the way because he wants to see if you're mature enough to handle the outpouring he's going to give you. Because ever how great the assignment is, the the greater his presence and anointing is going to be on your life to do the assignment. There's so many times I don't feel worthy to get up here and speak to you or anyone. But but God has anointed me in my assignment that I realize it's not about me or how I feel that day or what I think about me. It's about the assignment that he's equipped me and anointed me to do. And, And as long as I step in my assignment and don't step outside of my assignment, then I'm equipped whatever I need and beyond to do it, and I trust God to do it. Can anybody say amen this morning? So, so when you're, uh, a clue to your assignment is something that challenges you to cut your flesh away. A clue to your assignment is, man, you have an opportunity, you've been convicted, you know you should take the next step, and you got all these outs, and you, you know, am I gonna take an out or not? It's up to you. That's a clue that that's your assignment. Uh, so it says, so he said, uh, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel, which means place of outpouring, house of God. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives as your, and as your soul lives, there's two two points. That's so powerful. You didn't just say, as the Lord lives, i obey. He said, as the Lord lives and your soul lives. In other words, as long as you're breathing, I'm with you, dude, because God called me. You're part of my assignment. So they went down to Bethel. Verse 3, now the sons of the prophets... <clears throat> who were at Bethel, the house of God, came out to Elijah. Now remember, the prophets in this time were the teachers and the pastors as well. So when you had a school of the prophets, that means a main prophet was training the younger prophets to be the ministers of flame and fire for God. So that was like the the leadership or the the, the Bible college or whatever is a place of training and discipleship for men of God that were going to deliver and be prophets for the Lord. And they said to him, Do you not know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? You see, there's a lot of people know just enough about your assignment to be dangerous. They weren't saying that, oh, the Lord is going to take your master today, but be of good courage, Elisha. Oh, my goodness, you know he's got a plan for you. He's going to make you break through and not fall down. He's got you, don't worry. No, they were like, oh, did you know? They want to ask questions. First of all, are you mature enough like we are to know? And number two, they're like, do you know? Like, yeah, everybody's Somebody, do you know or did you know? Do you know that? Oh, did you know? There's one, did you know? It's one of them. I I think I got something here that you may not know, and ooh, it's spicy. Right? So, So be careful of those did you know people. Be careful. It could be people that's in your family, people you love. It could be friends. It could be associates. But just be careful. Don't put more weight on a question someone asks you than the assignment God put on you. Right? Don't don't allow that to happen. Don't allow someone else's doubt or fear or questions to determine your assignment. Because God didn't anoint them. He anointed you. He anointed you for your assignment. And here's the thing. And you know what Elisha said? Yes, I know. In other words, when you're walking in God's... He may not have known at Gilgal. But now that he got to Bethel, he got a fresh outpouring. More is revealed to him. Each step you take... Going through those in between times, those clues, and each time you step into one of those clues in your assignment, you're going to have more revealed to you. You're going to have more knowledge, more understanding, more maturity. Why? Because your assignment is great. Say, my assignment is great. So the sons of prophets said, where Bethlehem came out to them, said, Do you know that your Lord will be taken away from you today? He said, Yes. Yes. No. And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. In other words, sometimes you just gotta tell people yapping about your assignment, be quiet. That's right. That's what I love about Miss Gwen. She probably knows more about my assignment than I do. But she tells me as God reveals her to tell me, or if I ask, I need confirmation. I've had other uh, 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 intercessors here, and she knows them too, that's been here that were accurate intercessors, but they they weren't mature enough to handle the information God gave them. Because, oh, man, I knew what you were preaching for five straight weeks. Well, good, I did too. <laughs> so what's that tell you? Right? Well, I, 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 see, see, that's why they're not here. Because you can't get, give honor where honor's not due. You can't give honor to dishonoring people. And you can love people, but you don't have to honor them. There's people in your life you can love, and sometimes you got to move on from those people. You honor them, but you, 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 know, you don't have to dishonor them, but you don't have to exalt them to where their word is God. But now you do have people assigned to you that give you wisdom and give you maturity and give you understanding. That's the people you want in your life. And if they get off track, you just got to move away and pray for them. But that's what I love about Ms. Quinn. You know, it's always honoring. We honor one another and all that, but it's, it's always fruitful. It's always uh, when she gets a word and she doesn't go, oh, I got to tell her about it. I, I got a word. I got a word. You know, those people, I got a word, the little word birds, watch out for them. They're flying all over the place, little word birds. Everybody got a word. He's got a word. She's got a word. We got a word. Word, word, word. Everybody's got a word. Oh, good. You got a word. Hallelujah. What if you got a sentence? What would you do then? Anyway. Then it says in verse 4, then Elijah, then Elijah said to him, to Elijah, Elijah, stay here, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Jericho uh, represents the destroying of walls in your life, the tearing down of strongholds in your life. So he said, now... you've been with me here and Elijah had already been through this process but it was up to Elisha if he was going to walk this process out with Elijah to get the reward so now he said okay I've walked you through cutting your flesh away now I've walked you through a fresh empowerment and outpouring of of God's presence and now we're ready to tear some strongholds out of your life We're ready to see some walls come down that's maybe your opinion about people or what you think and, and things that you know are not of God. Or maybe you don't know it's got to be revealed to you. Or maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's an addiction. Whatever it is, a lack of understanding, whatever it is, those strongholds is what holds you back. They imprison you. They keep you from God's promise over your life. And see, we're always looking to get to, you know, Gilgal or get to Bethel or get to Jericho. No, no, no. You got to realize, just look how important it was in between there. You, you got to go, obey God whether you get a clue or not. You, and I tell people, if you don't know what to do, do the last thing you know God told you to do. He, he'll answer you. He's probably been answering you you just didn't like the answer. Mm-hmm. So we see that Jericho represents tearing down of walls, breaking strongholds. And it says, uh, and he came to Elijah. See, it said, now the sons of the prophets came to Jericho. So th- those there's will follow you, right? they ooh, we got a word. We're going to see what God's going to do because they're never in God's plan to do it because they're not mature enough. They could have just came into it in a whole. Maybe God would, was going to pick one or two of them out to be with him and have a threefold Elijah. But they were too busy being word birds. Wow. Wow, that's good. They had to know something somebody else didn't know. Now the sons of the prophets who were at uh, Jericho came to Elijah. Elisha said to him, do you know? Uh, we already did that, right? No. Oh, so, said, do you know? They said again. Do you know that your, your Lord is going to be taken away from you again? He said, yes, I know. He tells them again, keep silent. Then verse 6. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me, sent me on to Jordan. But he said, as again, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now, Jordan represents baptism or promotion. Going across the Jordan River, they had to go across the Jordan River, and that represents baptism or promotion. Clues to your assignment is when God baptizes you. He immerses you in something to equip you for your assignment. Now, now the reason that people in biblical times were baptized, they were baptized to who their teacher was, their rabbi was. So some say you're, you know, you're... Uh, they were baptized to John the Baptist and some to Jesus and different ones. So whenever you were baptized whoever that is, you were baptized under under they became your rabbi, your pastor, your shepherd, all that good stuff. We all now Jesus is the shepherd. We're all baptized to Jesus, right? And the Holy Spirit and the Father. So it's not like that now, but that was before they had that that revelation and opportunity and that <clears throat> so dispensation. Dispensation. So <clears throat> we see that whenever we look at baptism and promotion, so God wants to bring you to the right place with the right people and the right assignment to you know who you're assigned to, but he wants to promote you. He wants to promote your revelation. You see, you'll never walk in a higher level of faith till you get a greater revelation. Right. Because re- faith is to know and to trust God, and the only way I can know and trust God at a higher level is he reveals himself more to me, which is revelation. And the more I know and I trust Him, the higher I walk in faith because I depend on God and not my own understanding or people. So there it says, <clears throat> verse 7, And the 50, son- fifty men of the sons of the prophets went on and stood, facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. <clears throat> now Elijah took out his mantle, took off his mantle, right? His cloak, his mantle. He rolled it up and he struck the water and it divided this way and that way, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. I bet that blew the little old sons of the prophets away right there, didn't it? I bet they all said, man, we should have been right up there. We could have walked right across with them and got a better view. But see, when you're just wanting to view and not to do, I said, when you just want it to view and not do, you want to speculate and not participate, you can only get so close to the assignment. So what did they do? The two of them walked over on dry ground. Verse nine. And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha. So he went through what? The cutting away of the flesh. He went through the place of getting a a new anointing, a fresh revelation, anointing and presence of outpouring on his life. He went through uh, Jericho, bringing down strongholds, tearing walls down in his life, And now he's came across promotion. So when it's in the time of promotion, that's when God will ask you what you want. And he knows you'll give the right answer because he's the one that put it in your heart. See, we underestimate God and overestimate ourselves. And he said, what do you want? He said, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. See, at this point, he'd never told him he's going to be taken away. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. In other words, that mantle represented his spirit, as a type of shadow of that. Let your your spirit, the same, in other words, that spirit of miracles and signs and wonders. We know that Elijah, it's noted that he had 16 major miracles he performed in his life, and uh, Elisha did 32. Uh, major miracles that's documented. They did more than that, but those are the ones documented, so he did get a double portion. So he said, whenever you fulfill your assignment to those you're assigned to, then God gives you the ability to receive a greater portion from them than anyone else could. I know like, like Pastor Rod was right there with Dr. Summerall all the way to the end of his life, and Steph and I got to be there too around it as well, but, but that, that God really is a blessing on him. You know, with, with Brother Shambach, I was one of the five spiritual sons that got to speak at his going home celebration, which was a huge honor. And, uh, and so as I'm there doing that, you know, God, you know, I had Brother Shambach's number. I didn't call him unless I needed to. But there was times he just called me. He, Hey, buddy, how you doing? Just be on his heart. You know, he's in his 80s. He's not having these big tent meetings with 10,000 people and all that, and people kind of forgot, but not me. I was in some of those tent meetings, but I was also smart enough to know I need whatever he has. We actually, in this building, we just moved in it, and he came and preached for us on his 80th birthday right here on this property, before we had carpet, I think, in here. What a man of God, right? So so what is that? What am I saying? Pay attention to who you're assigned to. Pay attention to the assignments in your life so you can get uh, what you need to fulfill the mission that God has for you, the assignment has for you. And he said uh, and this is uh, verse ten. So he said to him, You have asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be to you for it shall not it shall be or it shall not be Now what is he saying there? In other words, it doesn't matter where I want to give it to you or not. It's up to God. So you've fulfilled what you were supposed to do. Be here with me, with God, and with me until I'm taken away. So now it's up to God. So no matter how much you love someone, honor them, and esteem them, they can't bless you like God can bless you. They can't give you what they have. They, there's people I want to give my impartation to, but I can't. It's up to God. He's the one that gives that. So it's really important that we understand that. That no matter how much you honor and love a man or a woman of God, you can receive from them, you're assigned to them, but the true blessing and gifts come from God, not from that person. They're just giving you access because God assigned you there. So then it happened. So when they talked suddenly, everybody say suddenly, a chariot of fire appeared with the horses of fire <clears throat> and separated the two, the two of them, and Elijah went, out by the whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, "My father, my father!" The chariots of Israel, and it's his horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces, two different pieces. He divided what he used to be and threw it down on the ground. Right. He also took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from the ground, and he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. So in other words, he took his position, his revelation, his anointing that he had. Now, he's getting ready to receive a double portion. He didn't need two mantles. You can't live in two lives and walk under the mantle and the anointing that God assigns you for. It's all got to be one. You can't separate this and that. It's all under that one thing. So he had to lay down, separate and divide his own gifting, his own anointing, his own wisdom and knowledge, and then he took up the mantle of Elijah, right? Then verse 14, it said, Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. Isn't it interesting that everything with Elijah went but his mantle? And he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also struck the water, it was divided this way and that way, and Elisha crossed over. So what I want you to realize, the clue to your assignment is knowing who you're assigned to, and relationships is what releases mantles. I can't give mantles to people, but I can be access that God would use to release mantles. You can't give mantles to people, callings, anointings, but you can be access that releases it to people, Right? So, so it's really important that we understand who's assigned our life and who we're assigned to. And it, and, and it says, um, where it says, uh, that where's the God of Elijah? Not where is Elijah. So in other words, he got a revelation. I, I, I love Elijah. I'm called to him and to God. But now he's not calling on Elijah because God took Elijah. He's calling on the God of Elijah. He didn't say, where's the anointing of Elijah. Right? He's calling on the God of Elijah to give him the anointing of Elijah. There's dead things in your life you worship sometimes that you need to let lay dead. Oh, if I could only be like my dad or my grandfather, and they're in heaven. Well, you know, you're not them. But but serve their God, right? And allow him to empower to you what you need to be and what you need to do. I mean, as much as I honor and love my mother, I'd done anything for her, but she's in heaven now. She's not the one that blesses me. She was access to the blessing, but I I had to even get a greater revelation of my mother's God than I'd had before because she filled a lot of those roles that God just kind of let her fill for a while until I was mature enough to handle it. He had to kind of wean me off of her. Sometimes you're being weaned off of stuff and you just need to accept it and, you know, quit parting your beard and putting that bottle in your mouth. And let God use you. Let God use you right where you're at. Relationships reveal God to you. He said, "Where is the God of Elijah? Where, where is the God of Elijah? Not where Elijah is. So, it's through relationships with the Heavenly Father and those people, His sons and daughters, He's assigned you to." that's where you're going to find unique giftings and callings and attributes that's going to be imparted to you. I used to sit on the front row a lot with Pastor Rod, and, and a lot of you may not even really know a lot about his ministry now, but, you know, at one time in the 90s, it was one of the largest ministries in the world, really, and just a still a great anointed man of God. Um, and he was a young man at that time. When I started serving him, I think he was 31 or 32. 30, no, he was 32 Going on 33, I was 27, 28, something like that. But to watch what God had done, he'd already built a church of thousands by the time he was 30. Wow. So, and tr- speaking all over the world and all that, and but what was so cool, everyone, the, the main people that were great impacts in his life, like Dr. Sumrall, R.W. Uh, uh, uh Norval Hayes, people like that, whenever he would go into the mode and you'd see their mantle, you could name it. So I'd sit there. with His mom, who had a great anointing too, Mrs. Parsley, and she said, "Okay, who's that?" When the service would switch, and all of a sudden he might be, you know, giving a revelation about something, or, or, or ministering healing, or ministering faith. So that's Normal Hayes. Good. Later on, it might be, oh, all of a sudden something comes up and it's a big salvation. And all was like, who's anointings on him right now as he's taking this altar call? It's a different altar call than normal. Oh, that's that's R. W. Shamba. And I learned that from impartation. That's why when I saw Parker, you know, lately especially, even more so, certain man you say, oh, he's got some mannerisms of his daddy. No, that and his mom. No, that, that's impartation. That's caught, not taught. Right? It's caught, not taught. So so I can go back and I can be ministering now and I know exactly when the miracle anointing's on me. I know exactly how to operate because I have an impartation. From not only Brother Shambock, but several, a couple other really strong healing evangelists and ministers. And I know that I know when it's time to rebuke devils and cast down strongholds and release faith. That's that's Doctor I know when that an anointing's on me. And if you knew their ministry, you might even see me unconsciously doing mannerisms like them. So impartation is real. Who you're assigned to is real. And me being faithful instead, of being faithful to Pastor Rod all those years and even years after being faithful to him, opened access to these other great ministries as well. We not only got impartation from him, but from others. So never underestimate the things that are you're exposed to. Pick up the mantle. There's people, you know, like we had one person come to Bible college and 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 Pastor Parson had a service laying hands on people. And the next day, one of the deans of the school said, oh, well, so-and-so left the school. Well, why? Well, she got hands laid on her from Pastor Rod. She said she got her impartation. She's going home. She got something, all right. I think she brought something and kept it and took it with her. So so never underestimate. And, and, and it's, it's not always comfortable, you know, who you're assigned to. I, I'll... Probably the easiest person I was ever assigned to was Brother Shambach But, you know, a couple others was the toughest assignments because they weren't easy on you. They're tough on you. But, boy, we learned, didn't we, baby? We learned amazing things, we're still learning. So so some people you're assigned to is easy and, you know, good, and some are not. They're they're cutting away that flesh. They're cutting away stuff in your life. Same way with parents. Same way with aunts and uncles, friends, cousins, teachers, and coaches, and all those in between. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just stand right now. I want to pray for you that God continually draws you towards your assignment. Now, It's not like you're going to get in your assignment. If you're doing the last thing God said, you're in it. See, a lot of people, oh, I'm finally holy and anointed now. I'm full of faith now. I'm faithful now. Okay, Lord, what you called me to do? He called you to do that. Well, Lord, but but what's next? Well, he'll reveal it. And it's going to usually be revealed through his word and through people. I know whenever I first gave my life to Christ, and I was a miracle every time I walked in that little church, that little Nazarene church, I know they just looking at me like, he's still alive. My goodness, God saved him. He can do anything. And we'd have testimony services. You know, every, every, now every service was testimony. Right, up, right before the preacher got up, everybody stood up. After you closed the hymn, no on got any testimonies. There was always one or two that testified every time. Then there was a few that testified. You kept two to four testimonies. And then God would convict me, and I'd stand up, and I'd start testifying. And those little ladies in that church, they, when I was walking out, you know you're called to preach. You know you're, I said, I'm not called to preach. I am just got saved. What are you talking You know you're called to preach. But you know what? Three years later, I was called to preach. They picked up on my assignment. They weren't saying it in a mean way, but they probably revealed it to me early and scared me more than anything. They probably should have just said, God's got good stuff for you, honey. You know, I said, you're called to preach. I'm like, but But people will reveal your assignment. And and I realize when people tell me I'm not anointed, I realize I'm really anointed because I know their character. Now, someone with a lot of character tells me I'm not anointed, I'm concerned. I didn't say they weren't successful. I said they didn't have good character. (laughs) There's a lot of people successful with poor character. If there wasn't, the world wouldn't be in shape them, is it? Or the church, the body of Christ. So right now, just close your eyes and just want you to receive from the Lord that whatever revelation he's been revealing right now, you at home do the same thing. And just let his presence come on you right now. Just let his presence come on you. Just close your eyes and just put everything out of your mind, off your heart right now. Just breathe in the Holy Spirit. Just breathe in. Let the Holy Spirit just come over you right now. Say, yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I did yesterday or last week. I don't need to know. Just repent. Just give it to him right now. You don't really understand how angry I am. Just give it to him right now. Yeah, but I I know what God wants me to do and I'm not ready. Well, then he won't make you do it. Just just say, I'm willing, Lord. Just help me. I'm willing. Just help me. He's revealing himself to you. Everything in your life has brought you to this point and, and you may be in one of the most painful points of your life but if you begin to celebrate that pain even though it hurts, you might have to do it through tears, and you might have to do it through shaking or whatever, I don't know, but you celebrate that, so you begin to celebrate that and give glory to God. God didn't cause it to come on you, but he'll allow you to go through some stuff to mature you so you can go to the next level of your assignment. You see, Elisha was in his assignment before Elijah ever said, I'm going to Gilgal but each one of those stages was God was amping everything up for Elisha. The number one thing he wanted Elisha to get was you pour hand, water on the hands of a prophet. You serve him. You, you're there for him, right? I don't want him alone. He might kill himself. He was about to kill himself under that juniper tree. He was so scared. So I, I need you to be with him. That's all he had. As long as the Lord lives and your soul lives... I'm hanging out with you. That's the last thing God said when I left my wealth, my farm, and cut up my oxen and fed the city. You're it, bud. So whatever happens. Now, maybe if you die, God will release me. But right now, you're not getting away from me. He knew his assignment. But God wanted him to have that assignment so deeply. Why? Because he was going to give him a double portion of the anointing of Elijah. And Elisha, Elisha wasn't blessed to have an Elisha. He had the other little Gehazi. Remember the little crook that went out there and tried to talk, uh, what's his name, out of uh, uh, the gift that he, yeah, Naaman now, the gift that he was going to give Elisha. Elisha. But God honored Gehazi later in his life. If you read the Bible, you'll see how he repented and come back to God. But I think of all the things, he probably would have got a quadruple anointing of Elisha. But he dishonored the relationship. When you dishonor, that means you disconnect. When you dishonor something, you disown. That's where you get the word disown, dishonor. When you disown someone or something, what do you do? That means that you disown them, you're dishonoring them. In other words, no acknowledgement, nothing. So don't bring dishonor on people, even if you don't agree with them. Even if you don't really like them, don't, don't dishonor them or disown them. Just love them the way they are not the way they should be or you think they should be. As you do that, God might have you at Gilgal right now. God might have you at Bethel. God might have you, you know, at Jericho. God might have you crossing the Jordan. I don't know. But I know this much, He's got you. And He's with you and He's never going to leave you. So Holy Spirit right now, just begin to touch and comfort and reveal assignments touch, comfort, and reveal assignments this morning. That Holy Spirit, we, even the children would just get it in their spirits this morning that they're loved and they have an assignment. Sweet sweet ministry spirit of flame, of fire of the, of the Holy Spirit, just minister right now. Lord, just release fresh baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Just release it right now. Fresh baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Fresh prayer languages, Lord. Fresh fire, just release it right now. Just release it right now, Father. Equip, establish right now, Lord. God, those that are far away from you, I pray right now that they just let go of the fear and come to you. All you got to do is say, Lord, I repent of sin. I I know you raised from the dead, and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. That's all you got to pray, right? Just do it. Just give it to you, Lord. Be daddy to me. Pray for many salvations today. Any one person, or the sound of my voice, could win a billion to you. We never underestimate anyone, God, that's assigned to us. Stir up your gifts, Lord, your power, your anointing, your equipping, and bring your outpouring now. And we we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Give God a big shout of praise if you would. Come on, give God a big shout of praise. He is good. He is good.